This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. When you really love what you do, it's not work. And you know, people mm. think that's cheesy or, you know, right, right. it's Cliché. really true. Yeah. You just wake up and you just want to work. Right. But it's not work, it's like play. Right. You just want to play. So I wake up and I want to play. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And that's right. You guessed it. We asked them three questions, sometimes four, sometimes five. I know, I know, I know. But instead of uh, asking my guest or our guest what their successes are, we talk about their failures, more specifically the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences. So with that being said, my guest today is a Jamaican Canadian. I already love him at that, just that note right there by itself. Uh, he's a contemporary and abstract artist based here in Toronto with a background in hand-drawn art and graphic design. He's cultivated an extensive digital and mixed media art catalog that intertwines bold colors and patterns while spotlighting the beauty of colored skin. Amen to that. His pieces have been collected by many art lovers, including myself, including celebrities and commercial establishments. Without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Joshi, a.k.a. The Designer. Welcome to the podcast, my brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Corey, man. It's, it's always a pleasure to to be among, you know, like-minded growth enabled and, you know, this, the Black community and so forth. So I, I couldn't be more honored to, to be spending time chatting it up with you, brother. Absolutely, brother. And I love that Miss Elliot you got behind you. Man, it's always showing the pieces. I love it. I love it. I love it. But before we she's jump into that, <laughs> she's back. got your back. I love how you position that. So before we get into this, uh, before we get started, I just want to say for all my listeners, so that's you listening right now, you listening right now, if you're on Spotify, I want you to go ahead and click that follow button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, I want you to click those three dots and then hit that follow button. Please and thank you. Now, uh, Joshi, um, for the listeners that are not that familiar with you, why don't you give them a, a little bit about your your background, talk about how you got started and where does your inspiration come from? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I actually got started off as well, I think like nine or ten, give or take. And, you know, was my dad was, he always used to just draw things here and there. And, you know, he just, one day, we we found this, this portrait of this, this, little black mm. girl and he just drew drew the you know drew like this to me a replica of the girl and i just right like yo what is this That's you know sick. you're a kid you put your hands <laughs> on your head you're like you don't know where to look right. <laughs> it's like what's going on here so you know i just said wow i just looked to my dad as like listen i'm gonna be better than you mm. and he's like sure you can and I just 
took it upon myself to be, you know, I just started drawing from that day. Just wow. Literally every day I would find it would be an apple. I'd position an apple on the table and draw it, or right. maybe I might find this, this nice portrait of right. someone in a magazine, and I'd just be drawing that, just be drawing. Every day I'd want to be drawing, and that was like the fuel right. for for my passing you know the desire is, is that is that fuel and then the passion is you know that engine that's gonna push you right and um it just pushed me to where i am today wow no that's and, a, that, you know what i mean it, it was just it, it was never worked to me so when i when you hear sometimes they they say when you really love what you do it's not work and you know, people mm. think that's cheesy or you know, right, right. it's Please really share. true. Yeah. You just wake up and you just want to work. Right. But it's not work, it's like play. Right. You just want to play. So I wake up and I want to play. Wow. I love that perspective. I wake up and I want to play because my work is not work. I, I love that. That's a beautiful by the way, one of my favorite words in the English in the English language, excuse me, is perspective and you're giving all this perspective right now and i guess with that kind of background story i guess would you say that father's day is more important to you than you know some of these other kind of holidays that are out there because knowing that you've you know you found your passion through your your father i feel like i don't know let me know yeah that's that's a great question you know um and funny enough i always look at it and see Especially on the Father's and Mother's Day, it's sort of like the fathers are whatever. <laughs> Secondary. You on Father's Day, you can get a seat, no problem. On Mother's Day, you ain't That's... getting a seat till next week. I know. <laughs> so I know. It, it's like um, me personally, I, you know, as, as being a father myself, it's your vital key to your child's development. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's it's really overlooked that the work which fathers do. Right. I mean, there's there's times where, yeah, the, the mother's there more often. Of course. She's there more often because the father's out there laboring to make sure she can do that. Right. But it's really overlooked because, you know, they just look at the child with the mom and think, yeah, she's the one who's really more involved. So I'm like, in my eyes, it's very equal. Right. Where the father's just as much important as the mother is. And and that's why I look at. You know, that, that Father's Day. So for me, I more see Father's Day as like really important to me. Right. Because so what you touch base on, that's where I got my inspiration. Mm. And um, I was really taught to be a wonderful human being for my father and my mother. So And I love that. And hear and that, folks. Know, they, they both get that respect. Right. That's what's up, man. Love to hear that. All right, so let's uh let's get down to it. Let's get into these questions. So, first one here for you here, Joshi, is as a well-recognized artist, I would love it if you can share one of your biggest failures to date. You know, talk about that that moment in time, what happened and how did you get through it and ultimately over it? Yeah, you know, um I feel like as an artist one of my major failures was practicing being me, learning to let go. That, Ooh, that's a, that's a major failure. And mm-hmm. I feel it's it's a failure which captivates a lot of people. 
Right. And going further into it, it's like, you know, I'm I'm here drawing, right? And and drawing and drawing and I'm I'm getting better with each work I do because that's my headspace. Mm-hmm. I tell myself I want to get better. Mm. And so along this journey I'm here getting better and my my goal is to get better Michael what what's my real target here mm-hmm. right and target meaning what am I do I reach this goal what's mm-hmm. the next target mm-hmm. and me just drawing is like I can pretty much sit down and draw someone an exact replica down to the little dimples in their skin or whatnot but wow for me, that's going to start to get boring right. because I'm just looking at something and recreating it. Uh-huh. And it takes a skill, which is awesome. Right. I want to do more. What's my mind really thinking? What's What does it want to do? Uh-huh. And the failure in this aspect was I knew what the mind wanted to do, but I was afraid to let go and show what it's capable because I was worried about what other people may think. Wow. And that was sort of stalling me. So, though, how, how overcame that was like reading books. Mm-hmm. Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, those mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. as much as it says Think and Grow Rich right. or, or the wealth mindset, people associate that with finances. Right. They don't understand that riches and wealth is an inner spiritual thing. Right. And that's where it came from. So, diving into those books and really understanding that in order for you to be rich, you have to be yourself. Mm. And that's the uniqueness, what the world craves for. Right. Because you're the one person on this planet and no one else is like you. Right. No, so, no. You yeah, know, just, just letting that go and the art just flourished. Like the ideas came through and that's when people really start to think, whoa, this, I haven't seen this before. Where you been? Mm. And that's that's a response where you're being yourself. No, I, I love it because you hit on so many key points there and so many points that I can personally relate to. So let's 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 peel back the layers there in terms of what you just said. So you talked about, you know, not focusing or caring too much about what other people think. I think that's a big one for a lot of people. And I actually just had a conversation with an old college friend the other day that that, you know, is going through some um, changes in her career, trying to get back on path and whatnot. And she had reached out on LinkedIn. And so, you know, for her, I said, you know, what I think is important is that I asked her, actually, what would you do for free? Let's start there. You know, what would you do for free? Because going into finding, you talked about earlier about, you know, it's not work to you you get up and you're like, I want to do this. Let's start there. And the second part, right, when you're talking about the books, I read those same books when I was in college. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first book I actually read outside of required reading as in to pass the class, right? It was the first kind of leisurely type of reading I ever did as a, as a human being, really, right? And ever since I, I started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I continued. And I went on to Think and Grow Rich and other books and how to win friends and influence people and all the rest of those personal development books. And I know sometimes those books have kind of a, a kind of a connotation to them, but I mean, you talked about the mindset, you know, if I, if I think about myself in terms of 
all the failures and and the kind of growth curve that I've gone through, I would consider myself like a late bloomer, right? I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the Chinese bamboo tree. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. I'm not. No. So when I say a late bloomer, the the Chinese bamboo tree, um, it takes about five years to see the growth of a five, of a Chinese bamboo tree. So from the moment you plant the seeds, it starts growing, but it grows underground. The roots, mm-hmm. the roots spend about five years growing underground because once the roots are secured within a very short period of time, that Chinese bamboo tree, I think grows up to 90 feet in a very short period of time. But in order to support that growth, it has to be grounded first, right? And a lot of that work comes from, you know, the books that you were talking about, working on yourself, being self-aware for, you know, therapy, every every and everything that's in there. So it's really glad to hear that, you know, uh, great minds think alike. And it's, that's actually no surprise there to see that's that what you did uh, to kind of get through those. I won't even say difficult times because I feel a lot of us, it's more so a mindset thing, right? I was also saying to someone else that I think a lot of times we cheat ourselves out of, out of opportunities, right? Like it's just, we talk ourselves out of it, right? Mostly, I think anyways, because of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of success, fear of failure, et cetera, et cetera. But no, I love what you just said there. Now, uh, moving on to the second question. So as an outsider, um, and I'm talking about myself here, when I hear that someone is an artist, I think of phrases like, you know, starving artist, right? But what would you say are some of the misconceptions about your profession? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I definitely feel that's, that's a good one, right? Starving artist. And um, mm-hmm. I feel what that really means is not starving, underappreciated. Mm. And that's that's really a key thing where even work like, you know, graphic designing and, and so forth, right? You look in the creative development area. Be, before really like the the digital boom, which is, you know, the NFTs and crypto, right? the creative department would be like the smallest thing. Mm-hmm. And, that, and all the departments are big and they have these bigger budgets. And you know, I, I would look at it and say, well, let's look at advertisers. Let's look at the products we're actually selling. Those are creative. It's the biggest thing which people see. You're going to go buy a TV or a car. So it's just advertisement, how it's positioned. It's creativity. Mm-hmm. But they look at that so small and, and the people who are doing the work, they're not really appreciated, but they have mm-hmm. the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. And so come to an artist where you know, the, the conception being people say, oh, he, he just plays with colors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. okay, right. I, I play with colors and you play with numbers. We're still kids. What's the matter with you? Uh, right? okay. they, 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 they think it, they, they it. Think in, a, in a different way, in a different way where I'm like, you're still doing the basics of what you were when you're a child. You're, you're, you're playing with numbers. You're playing with colors. You're playing with right. blocks. You're a construction worker. Like, but when that word artist comes in, it's, it's like, Majority mm. of people that think on a childlike level towards right. the profession, whereas they're really missing the point that to be creative and to create that 
Mercedes Benz you see or that that Bentley, it's a creative mind, a childlike mind, which still has those elements to create what you see. And right. that's the real big myth of you know understanding of right. being an artist is all about. It's it's about again, pure. When you're a pure artist, you're you're yourself. Right. And you're a very powerful person because you've overcome those stages of copying someone. You've right. overcome the stages of taking your idea, but taking mm-hmm. someone else's idea because you're still afraid. Right. You still have that fear. Right. And then you go to purity where you don't have that fear. Now you're working with faith, knowing that you are being yourself and you're creating the best work you can create. Right. Right. And I love you. You've said this a couple of times. You said this in the last response, being yourself. And I recently came across something I saw and it said, there's a lot of money in being yourself. And I think I think we all kind of know that. But in this era, in the social media era, I think so many people get off track, off course, because they're seeing we're inundated with so many images of what is success, what it means to be successful, what it means to be rich, what it means to be wealthy, what it means to be well off, what it means to be great, et cetera, et cetera. And we're trying to like take, uh, you know, someone else's blessing, mm-hmm. our calling or purpose and make it ours. Right. And you're like, oh, someone, oh, my friend's making a million dollars doing real estate. Maybe that's what I need to do. Yeah, yeah. Or my friend, you know, they're a public speaker. That's what I need to do. Right. Or whatever it is. Or whatever it is, or my friend's a successful entrepreneur of this company, that's what I need to do. But I think it's not to say that you can't get inspiration from that, but I think where the work has to be done is getting to really know yourself, right? And 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 knowing that there's a lot of money in just being you. You just need to figure out what that is and what you're why are you here, right? And yeah, there's something else that you also said that I'm trying to jog my my memory about. But it's it's slipping me at this moment, so I'm gonna get back to that. But a, a follow, but a follow up uh, to my my question there is, like you've obviously reached a level of success, but in, in your craft. But what does it take to become great like yourself? And specifically by that, I mean, I, I like for you to share, like, you know, you said that you've been painting since you were eight years old. So, like, how many times? Do you paint per day, per week? How many hours a day are you putting into your craft? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess it, it varies from from day to day. Mm-hmm. Whereas there, there's some days um, I can put in two hours. Mm-hmm. Some days I can put in six hours. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more or less not even what. I'm, I'm putting in for that day. It's how I'm putting in for that day and how many. I will sit down and have a, I have a lot of two hours to say, hey, I want to get two hours of, of work done. But within that two hours, the intensity, how I'm applying myself to how I do that work is probably the equivalent of someone doing six hours worth of work. Mm, the focus, like dedication, it's so concentrated. But yeah, my time, I can get a lot more done in a short amount of time compared to, you know, eight hours or so. I don't, I don't need eight hours to do a lot of things. Right. I'm, I'm that focused. And right. so it's that focus and the, the determination 
that you put into your work while you're working. And you can get a lot of things accomplished. Like the human mind is really, really powerful. Right. And once people utilize their mind, they'll, they'll realize so much they can get, get done in such a, a short period of time. Right. Right. And, and that, that sort of helped me on my journey of right. becoming this, this better person, this, this, this better artist and so forth. And, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's about prep. I'm going to go into this workspace of two hours or six hours. Right. And I'm like, what do I want to get done? I just don't go into saying, I just want to get something done just to mm. stand in two hours or whatever. Right. It's like going in there with a goal, with, with a focus and saying, hey, I know I want to get this much done. I'm going to get this much done. And honestly, 90% of the time, I get more than what I said I want to get done, right? But you have that that visualization, that the focalization in your headspace to say this we need to get done. And you'll be surprised that you're just holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. and you want to get it done. Right. It, it doesn't become a need to, it becomes a want. Right. That's what you want. You want that want when you're doing well, your work. You know, it's really crazy because what I'm also getting from this this beautiful conversation that we're giving birth to right now is um your attention to the language that you use with yourself, you know, I need to get it done versus I want to get the I want to get it done is so it's so key. It's so it's so nuanced and it could seem so small, but it makes such a, a big, a big difference. And I think also, I think because you're at the stage that you're at, I think it's easier for you to 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 flow like that. But I'm also thinking like someone that's just kind of starting out where they need to kind of getting those, you know, for lack of better terms, those sucking hours where they're not that good, where they just got to draw and paint and draw and paint and draw and paint until they just get to your level of mastery where it's just like, you know, what? I'm just, I just need to paint for two hours. And it's not really so much about the number, like you said. And I really like that. It's, it's, it's like that, 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 that saying it's quality, not quantity, right? Like, what are you doing with that time? And I really like to focus on that because sometimes you know, especially now we're, we're in a, such a data-driven society. Everyone's like tracking numbers sort. So how many hours did you put in a day? You didn't put in eight hours. Yeah. You're not serious. You're not going to yeah. make it. Yeah, it's got to be 18 hours a day, yeah. you know? And it's like, no, it, like, what are you doing, right? So maybe there's a certain skill within drawing or painting you need to work on for that specific day and so on and so forth. But it's what you do with the time, Mm-hmm. not necessarily how much time. And I, I can also relate this to like relationships itself, right? You, you, like I know like, in, at least in my life, I've met people where just met them, but it felt like I've known them for a long time, right? Absolutely. And also it could be fair to, to you know, there's also people that they say that they've been married for 50 years, but maybe it's not a great marriage, right? Like it's so yeah. that the time yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it's great right or that it will be great right it's it's what happens what do you do with that time so if you're busy but you know with the free time that you have you make it really count that's probably going to be a better situation than someone that spends you know x amount of hours every day with somebody but there's there's nothing really you know happening there yeah yeah it's 
it's that value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like value. It's, there you go. It's, it's um, one of Jay-Z's songs, which I love, and he says, you know, everyone knows the, the price of, of everything, but they don't know the value of nothing or so, right? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. And and it's so true. Where okay. yeah, like, you can Someone can pay the price for anything, but they don't know the value of it. Right, right. And that's where a lot of people miss out on, on gems, on those hidden gems, because they're so focused on the price. In their head, they automatically see $100. So it doesn't matter what it is, $100 is expensive. Right, right. And that's it. And they, right. they completely throw the value of it. So it's it's perfectly true, right? And that goes with with relationships as well, right? Right. In, in everything in life, right? It's, it's not so much the time or you know, this person spent this much money on me, so we're going to say, look past these and look at the value. Right. And, and you know, the relationships, your work, it, it gets better. Right, right. No, that makes perfect sense, man. I love it. I love it. All right. Mm-hmm. NFTs. We, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this with a successful artist like yourself. Yeah. So my question is here, Joshi, um, are you excited? Is it hype? Are you concerned? What are your overall thoughts on NFTs right now? Yeah, and NFTs, you know, for those as non-fungible tokens. So it, it basically means um, it's a unique um, asset, digital asset class. And um, for for me, I'm, I'm definitely excited about, you know, just the, the technology mm-hmm. of, of how NFTs can be utilized. And... Um, you know, there, there, there is a lot of hype but with anything new. There, there's going to be a lot of hype and a lot of misunderstanding about it. And so, right. you know, it's, it's really advised to understand that NFTs is not just art. And NFT just means it's, it's like an asset, uh-huh. right? But the main thing driving NFTs was was art. or And, you know, sort of still is. There's, there's a lot of projects now happening. Uh-huh. Um, you probably heard of Moonbirds or uh-huh. uh, the... The crypto punks or the uh, board yeah. apes or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- those are like you know NFT projects. So you know you you'd buy the NFT and you get little perks and stuff with it and right. utility usages and and so forth. So I feel like once you're getting into the NFT space, you have to know where you want to be. If you want to be more on the project side of it or mm-hmm. the the art side of it. Mm-hmm. So you know me personally, I'm I'm on the art side of it. So mm-hmm. um. You know, the the good thing about it is that, you know, it, it's easy to track the ownership and sort of show, you know, if, if someone buys, like, some artwork, if they are on the digital side, mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, I can create the NFT, and when they purchase it, they get the artwork, you know, the original artwork, because they can get a limited print. So it's, it's like that authenticity of certification on the digital where, you know, you can't lose it. It's it's forever on, on the servers and so forth. So mm-hmm. that's what I like about using the NFT. I use it as additional value. You're getting right. a digital asset, but right. you're also getting that physical piece. Right. And so that's where I'm sort of different from many other artists where they just want to have a digital asset. I, I feel like there's a lot more to this technology. And right. again, it goes back to being me. Right. I'm not thinking about what this artist is doing and how they're doing. I'm thinking, how does this work for me, my right. brand, my my vision? And my vision always is giving more value. Right, right. So 
that's that's why I do it in that terms. Um, the downside to it though is that the quality of art in the NFT space is not that good. Mm. And that's the thing, it's it's flooded with a whole bunch of art and mm. people are just buying, buying, but I'm like, you're not buying good quality. Right. Right. But it's it can be again going back to the hype. This looks pretty hype, so I'm gonna buy it so that I can sell it. Right. So you're you're not in the right headspace if you're on that for artwork. You're not really trying to buy art to flip it. It's right. You buy it because you appreciate it. Like you go to a museum and right. many people go back to that museum or the art gallery because they love this art piece. Right. They appreciate it, it talks to them, right? That's how you're really supposed to be handling art. It's not, you know, commodities just to flip around or so forth. So that's where in the NFT art space, I feel like they there's a lot of development to be put in there to teach them how to um, appreciate art, how to understand the art which you're looking at, and you know look look back to the artist. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I'm I'm not going to be buying art for a thousand dollars when the artist just started creating work last year <laughs> for me it's like you don't have the journey you're just doing right. this because you see money's here and you're just learning right. quickly to, to jump on it and Make that's quick why I say, yeah that's where i say the quality of art in that space is not very good yet there are there are good quality but the, the not so good quality outweighs the the good quality art no i i hear you and, and that's what i've been seeing with nfts myself um Definitely wouldn't call myself an expert. Still very novice to this new form of art and 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 doing business and as an asset class as well. What I'm excited, what I'm excited about with NFTs is it's now creating opportunities for artists, whether they be in music or they're just creatives or they're actual you know physical artists like yourself who paint and draw. It's now opening up the opportunities, the options to create what I'd like to call, and I think you're also describing it this way, like an experience, right? It's not just a transaction that you're trying to create on some platform that sells your NFT. You're trying to create an experience. You're adding value, right, through this experience, this NFT. And I also think about like, while you were sharing your thoughts there, I was just thinking, like, I think that's a challenge that a lot of us have, especially in our community, because, you know, again, I'm a big hip hop fan. I grew up a hip hop kid. And one of the most repetitive terms, at least in the last 10 years, is get the bag. Right. Which I'm all for. Get your money as you should. But when you focus on just the money and not creating true value, I feel like you're you're cheating yourself, right? And I feel like a lot of people are just doing whatever for money and not really putting effort or time into creating true value. And I feel like NFTs, you, you, there is, there's opportunity to do so, right? And I really feel to your point, at least what I was getting from what you're saying is, you know, looking for those artists or people or folks who are really creating a brand, like what does it stand for? Like if I was going to buy an NFT, I'm like, what does this mean to me? What is this? Is there a stance here? Is there a position? Like, there's got to be something more than just, you know, a nice painting or a nice picture for me personally. Like, there's, there's got to be like a story or a narrative behind it. Um, but anyways, I, I I love 
what's happening and especially what it can mean for music. Uh, I don't know if you hear what like Tory Lanez, what he did. He one of his last albums, a smaller project, he put it out as uh, put it out as an NFT and he sold the album. Each copy was a dollar each. Mm-hmm. Um, and he only put a limited amount uh, um, out there in the market. And now what it does is it gives consumers, people who love his fans, who love his music, it gives them an opportunity now to become, uh, you know, uh, turn it into an asset class in itself. Right. Yeah. So it's like yeah. now buying music just doesn't become like a hobby. It becomes a way to make money. Right. And I know people used to collect, you know, albums in the day. And then over time, they would some of them would, you know, increase in value. But this is this is a completely different space now where you can say, let me buy three of his M- NFT albums. Hold on one because I like it. And then in the future, I can potentially, you know, make money off of this in the future sometime. But you're buying it yeah. because you're really a fan of the music as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's see, that's that's some talk about where you're, you're creating the value. Mm-hmm. Of it, right and and so by by tory doing that it's like you're you have that ownership of that, mm-hmm. that that album for the time being right and i don't know too much about music of how exactly the intellectual rights Probably, are yeah. work but you know the the main concept behind nfts is ownership mm-hmm. so you have that that basically you can sell it and and he can sell it and Mm-hmm. As, as he's telling it, Tory's getting those yeah in perpetuity. He's getting paid coming in, right. So again, yeah. for the for the music artists, it's wonderful. Whereas we've all heard stories of management mm-hmm. always getting into you know the the artist's pocket. Right. Just think in the art world, right? When you would go to a gallery, it'd be right. they want to take fifty percent, right? And so the the NFT sort of you know shakes that up to say, listen, the artist doesn't mm-hmm. need you. And doesn't need you per se to be taking fifty percent, right? So as their fees are much lower, you sort of see some art gallery fees come down mm. because you know it's, it's a bit unfair to be honest. With you. Right? They do the work and right. You're, you're selling your piece for like forty thousand. They're taking twenty thousand. It's like right. you, you do twenty thousand dollars worth of marketing, and it's like not really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it where it it does start to level up the playing field, and again, like what you mentioned, it's it's really helping the the artists right. to better have control over their work and and make a better living from it. So I can't complain about that. That's that's Absolutely. crazy. Absolutely, and as they should. Uh, so question number four. So painter's block. I'm 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 assuming there's such a thing as painter's block. Because there's writer's block, so yeah, my yeah, my yeah. my question is: um, Have you ever experienced this yourself? And if so, uh, what was your routine to get through it? Absolutely, man. Painter's pain, pain block is you know, it's a wonderful thing. Sometimes you need to get blocked up. Mm-hmm. All right, expand upon going, that. You you can't be going full speed all the time. You you gonna need to take a break. It's mm. it's just normal. Right, mm-hmm. you, you with an airplane, a car, anything, you can't go full speed all the time. You gotta come and right get that maintenance, change them tires in the pit stop, and get back out there. So the the blockage is great. Where you know, from my point of view, it's, it's as if the the brain, the soul, the body is saying, "All right, you're out of gas. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take a break." 
Mm. Right? So sometimes you you want to fight through it to be like, I can do this, right. I can do this. And your mind is saying, I can do this, but everything else, that body and soul is like, yo, we're done. Chill out. Mm. So it's, it's really that listening to say, all right, it, it happened to me. I'm working, working, and it's like, I just don't really feel it. Mm-hmm. And again, that's also about the trials and tribulations as, as becoming an artist and, and working as that. We don't feel it. Just for me personally, I walk away. Or I might just think, okay, mm-hmm. go watch some Netflix or just go watch something right. and watch TV like this. It's like it's done, it's done. Right. Don't, don't force it. And the block could happen for a day, two days. Sometimes for me, the block could happen for 10 minutes. Mm. I'm doing something and then it's like oh and I'm like let's go let's go like I'm ready to right. go right so I, I look at the block as it's it's a part of the journey and it's mm. something to be in, embraced and be grateful for mm. it do need that break and and when the block like comes that. it's basically telling you to take a break I like that the block is necessary it's a part of the process it's telling you to take a break no that's so clear I've never heard it put like that and again Going back to one of my favorite word uh, words in the English language perspective, you're giving much uh, perspective uh, today, um, and that is making me think of like when I think of taking a break. I know sometimes you know again in our society, you gotta push through it, you gotta fight through it. Don't quit, don't stop, go, 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 go. But I think you know the break is necessary because what I've learned for one is whenever I hit like a a block of some sort in my own world, I've developed a a certain routine that I've just learned through experience through trials and tribulations, as, as you mentioned earlier. So I actually have like a playlist of certain songs. I'm not going to lie. A lot of them have Drake songs on there. I'm not going to lie. This is not a plug for him. (laughs) And, you know, and I have them in a certain sequence where they just, they're designed to just, raise my my energy frequency level and i've also learned just from being self-aware and paying attention to my own body and my own mind my own soul that i am most optimal with my ideas and thoughts first thing in the morning or very late at night Mm. that's how my mind works so i know if i ever wanted to capture the peak of my creative energy let's call it that i know i should be either writing or taking some notes first thing in the morning or you know just before i go to bed because that's that's my peak time so i think people should always pay attention to see what works for them and then as you put it walking away like listen to that that little break and what i was gonna say there too is i remember tony robbins said a, a while ago um that what helps people is when you do something when you hit that block so whether it be writer block painter's block what have you when you do something that's completely different, when you walk away, you said you go watch Netflix. It could be go watching, you know, take some time and go to the movie theaters for two hours and watch a movie, do something completely non-related to what you're doing. And sometimes that break will give you the spark, the energy, the creative juice, the flow, whatever you want to call it. And now you're going to create something even much better than if you were to just try and muscle a you know, muscle through it, if you will. So I really like the fact that you call that out. Just step away, do something non-related, 
come back to it and the magic will happen. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's, I like what you said there, where you do something completely different and just change it up. Mm -hmm. Because when you change it up, it's something in that change which is going to help trigger what you need. It's like right. that ingredient that's missing from the cake. You put everything right. in, but that's you it. need that ingredient. So you go and get that ingredient from somewhere mm. else, and it goes, there we go. Now you put it together. And you know, you know what? That just took my mind. Maybe the block, because you say the block is the part of the process. The block was a sign that's saying that you're missing something. And so you need to take a break to find out what that missing yeah. thing is so you can make the piece that you need to make. That's what it is. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So the, <laughs> there we go, man. See, so the you put it together already. <laughs> so that's the lesson there, guys. The block is a part of it, man. It's it's not it's not a negative thing. It's it's telling you something. So pay attention to the block to all my creatives out there listening. So our our last question here. Um, so throughout your amazing career and all the pieces of art that you've created, what has been the best lesson you have learned from failing thus far? Um, I would say, you know, um, if, if your work fails, and it will, mm -hmm. it does, you have to really move forward in a, a mindset knowing that it failed for a reason. And if you believe it failed for a reason, for that better reason, something better is lined up for you and mm -hmm. it's 100% true happened to me whereas I was I was creating this artwork and um the file crashed mm -hmm. no excellent it just crashed and usually Photoshop does backups and stuff and the backups were corrupted I was like what's going on here? oh wow and I, I was really upset about it yeah so you know um took a week break and started to create it again and so forth and um funny enough it, it also crashed too mm. what's going on here you know and, and i was just really upset right but but then i i said okay 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 it's, it's, it's crashing here mm -hmm. why why are you getting upset for let's let's understand why is this crashing her what's what's happening what to be learned from this right you know and so from from that it helped me to develop a better habit of backing files up Mm. So that created that new brand for me to be, hey, be be persistent on right. when you first working back something up right away. Once right. you're done, don't think tomorrow your computer's gonna turn and everything's gonna be fine because you don't know that. Right. Back yourself up all the time, right? And, and I learned that lesson. And you know, going forward, it was funny enough. Once I installed that lesson and I went to redraw it again. It didn't crash. Mm. It didn't crash. And, and when I sort of looked at some of the, I usually do like um, screenshots of the work, some of my work, you know, and I, and I post them up and everything. It's a part of, again, showing that you know, this work is done by hand. It's not, it's not that pro, pro art, pro create where the brush, you have a hair, brush for hair and does the texture. It's like, no, I, I'm in my head visualizing how I want this look, and right. it's done by time. It's not no Photoshop filters or whatnot. Right. So, you know, I do that. And when I look back and I saw some of these clips, and I look at the finished work, I'm like, if it didn't crash, 
I saw the level that I was at at that time, and I saw the finish. Right. And within those three months, it's like I went from here to here. Mm. And I thought to go, it turned out better than I could have done at that time. Right. And when I was able to look back and stuff, I started to understand to see why, where if something doesn't work the way you want, it's because if you go on in the right way, in faith, and believe in yourself, you will accomplish something better. Right. And I and I saw that firsthand. So it's not just me talking. It's like I experienced that, and you know that's something which I want to share and be like, don't worry about it if it doesn't work out for you. Mm-hmm. If you have that goal and you really believe that this is what you want, that said you're going to get it, but you're going to get it in such a better way than you wouldn't have got it if it crashed and you kept at it at that first time. Right, right. No, I love it. I love it. And as a follow up to that, if you could only give one piece of advice to someone who has aspirations of being uh, an artist like yourself, what would that one piece of advice be? You know, I would say it's it's dedication. Mm. It, it's really that that dedication when you're when you're dedicated to a cause or a brand. Dedication is like loyalty, right? Mm. You're, you're gonna want to find everything positive about that situation, that brand, or, or what mm-hmm. you're doing, right? Um, um, let's use uh, Mercedes or Ferrari. Those guys who are loyal to Ferrari or Mercedes, they don't talk bad about them at all. Mm-hmm. It's like they're their best buddies. It doesn't matter if the car has a whole bunch of issues, they will find a reason to right. say this is why it doesn't work, right? So when you apply that to yourself where you're finding reasons for, hey, this didn't work, it didn't work because, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this didn't work because and you're, you're finding a reason to make it. Mm-hmm. Thing, yeah, it didn't work in taking the, you know, easy road out. When you, when you have that, that determination and, and you know, that, that dedication there, it really will become a self-driving mm-hmm. aspect of yourself. Right. You're just going to want to find reasons to keep going. Right. If something bad happens, you're going to want to find a reason to prove to yourself that you can fix it and make it work. Right. And and what I get from that, you know, with the dedication, I think to add to what you're saying, um, a way that, you know, to the listeners out there, the way that you can get to that level of dedication is really getting to know your why, why you're doing this, you know, why you're here, you know, really understanding that. Because I, I believe the why is like the anchor. Once you have a clear understanding vision of what that is, that dedication that you're talking about is is more likely to come, right? And then I think, you know, in addition to that uh, dedication and having an understanding of the why, I think also what's formed is the desire, right? Because I was saying to someone else, like, we all talk about discipline in our society. You know, you need discipline to, you know, do whatever craft or become a master in whatever craft. But I think what what supersedes, in my humble opinion, anyways, what supersedes discipline is desire. Because if you don't even have the desire to do something, then discipline doesn't really matter as much, right? Because you're going to probably fizzle out. Like, because desire to me 
is tied to identity, right? It's because you desire to become something, right? And whenever you have that kind of mental uh, kind of way of framing something, when you can identify with something, like this is how you see yourself, whether it be a CEO or stay-at-home mom or a successful painter like yourself, you will do, once you have that desire to become that image, that person, that thing, you will do whatever it takes to do that thing, right? So then comes the dedication, the discipline, and what have you. But I think before you even get to that stage, you got to figure out, why am I here? What's my purpose? What is my calling, right? And really get crystal clear about that. And I think all the rest uh, will follow now, um, real quick, rapid, rapid fire questions, excuse me. Uh, so this is Joshi. This is where I ask you three questions really quick. And you got to answer them in five seconds or less each question. So mm-hmm. here we go. Uh, number one, what is the easiest, easiest way for artists like yourself to make money? Oh, boy. Um, family and friends. Family and friends. There you go. NFTs, fad or here to stay? Here to stay. Mm, love it. If you could change or improve one thing about the art community, what would it be? I would say support artists more. Really show the support. Don't talk it. Do it. Mm. So in other words, he's saying show up with your digital currencies, show up with your wallet, your digital wallet, whatever, (laughs) or share or spread, or or if you have a major platform, you know, share the love with the artwork and and things of that nature. Joshy, man, this has been a great conversation. We definitely uh, birthed something magical here that I think a lot of people will be able to take something from. Um, so with that being said, uh, why don't you share where people can find you if they want to buy your pieces, if they maybe want to collaborate with you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm mainly on Instagram and my handle is at the designer and that's, um, the T-H-E-D-E-Z-I-N-R and my website is seeingthedesigner.com. And yeah, you can buy work, original artwork, prints in the mid prints. And also, um, if you're looking to collab, uh, hit me up on Instagram. I'm an easygoing person. And again, I'm, I'm about uh, growth and, and helping out. So I'm, I'm definitely happy to do that and, and work with a bunch of uh, you creative people out there. Awesome, man. I love it. I mean, I took so much from this conversation. Um, and I'm sure many people will as well. And so, guys, as you know, as I always like to end with, you know, if you want to just impress people, talk about the things you have, the things you gained, how much money you made, yada, yada, yada. But if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life, talk about your failures, more specifically, the lessons that you learn from those individual experiences. That's how you really move the needle in someone else's life. So with that being said, guys. Joshi, aka the designer, and I are out. Peace and love until the next time.